Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. It is the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. What is up? Happy December, ladies and gentlemen. I am Cam Rogers. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen. As always, we are your Tiger Woods experts here to serve you as we wrap up the 2020 calendar year. And thank goodness we are doing so. Hit us up on social media. I'm on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on Instagram at MrRogers98. You can follow Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. Hope everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday and you are starting to get into the holiday spirit, if you will, as we approach Christmas and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all that good stuff. Here is the rundown of today's show. We will talk about the match three, our initial thoughts on what was a really interesting event, shall we say, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley winning that. We'll talk about Charles, or uh, Charlie, I should say, and Tiger Woods playing in the PNC Challenge later this month. That'll be fun, and especially during this lull here because the Mayakoba Classic is the last event on the 2020 calendar for the PGA Tour. That is this week. We'll talk about that as well. Before all of that, of course, a shout out to our friends at Bet Online. Football is in full swing. You might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So, Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get into it, Bridget. Let's talk the match three. Phil Mickelson turned water into wine, as Deion Sanders said during the broadcast. Coming out with a victory despite having Charles Barkley, perhaps one of the worst celebrity golfers out there, on your team. And it was a pretty handed victory. Four and three, so four up with three to play in match play style alternate shot. Overall, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Was it as good as the match two? I would say no. As good as the match one? I would say probably a little bit better than the match one. So I would put it at number two in terms of the power rankings of these three events to this point. Bridget, first of all, initial thoughts on what was a really interesting television experience. Well, you won again or not again. I was going to wait to rub it in, but I guess we can do it now. (laughs) I feel like we're both losers (laughs) at the core, but you win this time, Cam. I honestly underestimated Phil Mickelson. I don't know why I did. I know you never should. I did, and I regret it. The man mystifies me. He intrigues me. He is the weirdest, most interesting, strangest. There are so many adjectives to describe Phil. He is a word that isn't even created yet, actually, because he's 
like the perfect blend of strange and funny. Strange. <laughs> He's so strange. He really was in his element there. I know it's his course. I get it. But he really, he took that coach role as you predicted, actually. He took that coach role very seriously. He is an excellent teacher. I know his brother is a former coach. Maybe there's something in the water in the Mickelson family household. I don't know. But Phil is a really great teacher. He was the anchor of that match. He pretty much took, well, I'm just going to say something, actually. I'm going to, let me Go just ahead. backtrack. Charles Barkley knows how to swing a golf club, everyone. Unbeknownst to us all, he now can swing fluidly. He actually adopted a little bit of a, a Matthew Wolf trigger, if you want to call it that. I don't, I, if, I, yeah. if that's insulting, Matt Wolf, I apologize. Um, no offense meaning there, but he did develop something to replace the hitch. And I just have to say, he, he, he kind of shocked me. I, I don't know. He was a whole different person. Maybe it was because he was feeding off of Phil. He said he had played with Gary Player recently. Everyone knows that Gary Player is like the Energizer Bunny. Maybe he like injected Charles with something that just lit him up. But Chuck can golf, everybody. I just need to get that out there. He has been resurrected by the golf gods. And uh, that was pretty much the main... Um, the most astonishing and the main focus of my watch of the third installment of the match. It, it was actually pretty intriguing to see how comparing Steph and Peyton thinking that like, Hey, these two guys, they play golf really well. If you're going to base them on like the average Joe, they play exceedingly well. Yes. You made the point of saying Phil, widens that gap between Steph and Peyton as opposed to saying like Phil and Charles and Steph and Peyton and I get it now you were right I, I didn't want to believe you but you were right and I just have to say I was kind of operating on the pretense that that Charles couldn't really swing the club so I'm giving myself a little bit of an out here you were still right but seeing Steph and Peyton struggle like that was was kind of interesting to watch it in the sense of that these two guys they play golf super well and now the cameras are on and sure the whole vibe is different but to see Phil so calculated and know how to play the game like he was showing Charles how to read the greens and like this is where you want to put it this is why this is what you wanted this is what club you want to hit this is why like I think a lot of people were listening, deeply listening to what Phil had to say, because I think he was helping everyone with, with the stuff that he was saying to Charles Barkley. It was pretty much like lessons with Phil on the Friday after Thanksgiving. You know, the lessons were learned uh, among many people out there who thought Manning and Curry were going to run away with this. The odds makers out there had Manning and Curry as the favorites in this match. Look, the game plan was simple. You talked about it a little bit. All Barkley had to do was be mediocre and not horrible. Like, just mediocre on the scale of relativity for Charles Barkley. Phil had to just be the PGA Tour player that he is, easy enough, show up and swing. And when you look at Manning and Curry, they had to basically play perfect golf. The margin for error was thinner for them because obviously they did not have the 
escape skills if they were to get in trouble like a Phil Mickelson would have if Barkley got him in that situation, right? So, like, it was easy money for me just looking back on it, and I was telling everybody, and really, this might be the best prediction of the year for me, and lo and behold, it's at the end of 2020. So there you go, folks. I'm making up for it. Uh, just having that PGA Tour golfer on your team, like, I would win with Phil against Manning and Curry, in my opinion, and I'm about, like, an 18 handicap, so probably better than Barkley. So it's just one of those things, and I think, you know, in terms of future matches, what can be learned? I heard some chatter today about bringing back a second PGA Tour golfer, and you talked about this last week, Bridget, that we have to have that second PGA Tour golfer on the other team, and if there's any evidence, it's the match three, where you have Phil winning with Barkley four and three against Manning and Curry, who are very good golfers in their own right, but yet having that PGA Tour golfer just means too much, and really, I think just outweighs the other pairing so I think you do have to have that second PGA Tour golfer who that is I don't know because if it's not Tiger Woods I can't think of a brand name golfer who is also like entertaining at the same time like there are entertaining golfers Bridget but maybe not brand names the closest thing is maybe Justin Thomas yeah I like Justin Thomas I think that with the format you really saw how Peyton and Steph struggled. It was easy sort of to understand that Phil was comfortable in the role of working that mental magic that we know Phil has the power to do with Charles. And all he did was pretty much like help him out. And that's how, that's basically how it worked. So after losing the first hole, Manning and Steph Curry, or excuse me, after losing the first hole to Manning and Steph Curry, Nicholson and Barkley went on to win four straight to really just uh, take hold of this match. So it seems like we're going to have something like this every year for Black Friday. I sure hope Tiger Woods makes an, an, another appearance at some point, maybe in 2021. I don't know. That would be great, though. But obviously scheduling issues and all that. But in the end, I think it was a nice little thing to have on a Friday after Thanksgiving, I thought it was relatively entertaining. It was obviously for a great cause, HBCU. So I think the HBCUs got a ton of money out of this. And so that's a beautiful thing. And I thought the play-by-play -play team and the analysis was pretty good overall as well. And it's just like, especially important now during a pandemic where people need laughter and just to just see some casual fun banter and you can get that with the game of golf from a socially distanced standpoint and you know enjoy some pretty good sport from phil mickelson and manning and curry so i think really the match is a perfect ingredient to a pandemic in my opinion so i'm glad we got two of them in 2020 to be honest with you yeah i just really think that tiger needs to come back especially if you're gonna if you're gonna integrate like justin thomas or ricky fowler those guys have such a close relationship with Tiger that, or like, honestly, anyone, if you're going to bring Rory into the mix, if you're going to bring like, I just think that without him, it's, it's like pretty hard to keep this going to the extent that they want it to grow. If you're just going to keep changing out, like you're going to do celebrities or you're going to do athletes, pro athletes, or you're going to do a PGA tour player. I think Phil is a great anchor. Like I said it before, he's wonderful. He's mesmerizing. He's 
honestly, he's great TV. But I do think to compound it with someone else, <clears throat> Tiger, <laughs> I think that that's necessary. So like, I, I don't see the growth aspect of it being as great as it can be. Like anything else in golf, if you tack Tiger onto it, it's, it, it's just going to be that much bigger. So I loved seeing Stone Canyon. I loved the dynamic. I loved so many things about it. But if my, I was at home with my parents and if my dad said like, Hey, do you want to go out for a walk? Or, Hey, can you bring Dexter for, you know, out back to play Frisbee? No problem. I would rather have done that. <laughs> and Fair like, enough. that's, that's just, you know, I'm a big time tiger fan. We all know that, but I'm just saying like, as an overall, maybe that would have changed if tiger was in the mix. And if like the banter was a little more. But like between Tiger and Phil, just the camaraderie and the banter that they have is unmatched. So yeah, it was awesome to see this Phil and Charles Barkley dynamic where it was like, wow, he's really turning like a not so great player into a suitable partner for this matchup against two guys who are really good at golf. That was really intriguing. But is that going to like make me tune in time after time? Probably not. Even if you bring like a Justin Thomas into the mix or a Ricky Fowler, those guys are really only popular and people that the like insular golf world want to tune in to see. Right. Tiger is transcendent. He really does move the needle. So from a logistical standpoint, I think it's, there's just so many factors that are going to have to be sort of ironed out if you want this to continue to continue to go on and i do like bringing a p another pga tour guy into the mix it's just at what extent is that fruitful and to what extent does that like really not make sense in the in the scheme of wanting to attract eyeballs sure yeah justin thomas could play really great golf but i don't know his reach outside of my little bubble of of the golf world yeah, that's the point. I mean, you're really reaching after Tiger and Phil in terms of somebody who can extremely branch out in terms of their brand name. I mean, maybe Spieth at one point, but he's not exactly the most entertaining guy in the world, per se, in terms of humor and what have you. And mentioned Justin Thomas as well. Dustin Johnson may be a guy who could be a part of this at some point, but he doesn't like to talk all that much. So, heck, maybe it's Brooks Kepka. I don't know, but... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's Tiger one, Phil two, a big gap. And then, you know, the Rory's, the Brooks's, the DJ's at three in terms of, you know, having a fan base specific for that player. So right. it'll be interesting to see, you know, as we go forward. And maybe this doesn't have to be an event that needs to grow in terms of eyeballs. Maybe everybody's just good with having millions of dollars go to charity every year and boom, move on for the next thing, right? It doesn't have to be this Super Bowl sort of thing. It can just be a great event to have during Thanksgiving week where you can donate a lot of money and make it for a good cause. And I think that will always have its staying power in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and if that's the goal, then absolutely truck on and yeah. bring Justin Thomas into the mix. There you go. Let's talk about Tiger Woods who will be playing for a final time in December for the 2020 calendar year, the PNC challenge December 19th through the 20th playing with his son, Charlie, the field consists of 20 teams that will play a 36-hole scramble. Others in the field include Lee Trevino, Gary Player, Greg Norman, and Nick Price. 
This is obviously a very historic moment in the sense that Tiger and Charlie were out there together for their first official event. You saw the video, I'm sure, out there of Woods and Charlie synchronized with their swings. And Charlie's got a great move, by the way. Are you excited for this? Because I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I live right down the road and I'm going to see if I could try to <laughs> finagle my way over there. <laughs> Maybe Work your connections. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I am very excited to see Tiger and his son play golf. I love this new era of life for Tiger. I love it and I don't love it because we know I'm a, a chronophobe. It's a sign um, of getting older, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do like the, uh, wow. This, y'all, welcome to the Justin Thomas pod. Um, <laughs> I do like the dynamic of Mike and Justin sort of having an inner battle with Tiger and Charlie and having the outer battle of trying to win the PNC. I, I really do like that. And uh, I heard on Golf Channel the other night, it was funny the age difference between Charlie, who's 11, and Tiger, who's 44. Justin Thomas, I believe, is 26 or 27. So he's closer in age to Charlie than he is to Tiger. And I that's thought, wild. hey, that's, pretty, that's a pretty cool little factoid there. So I like the razzing between JT and, uh, and Charlie. I think that that's cute. Although I know that Charlie's never beat him at anything golf-related yet. Maybe the PNC is the time because, hey, when you're paired with Tiger, I don't know. You're sort of you're sort of at an advantage there, uh, if I do say so myself. Especially in a scramble format. I mean, you wonder how many times you're playing from Tiger's ball, right? Right. So it should be fun. I mean, it's something on the calendar because after Mayakoba this week, there is no official PGA Tour event until January at the Century Tournament of Champions. Then you have Tory Pines and all that good stuff. Of course, the Hawaiian swing first, but, you know, Tory Pines is really the unofficial start to the PGA Tour season, the Farmers Insurance Open. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of watch and see how Charlie plays and the similarities between his swing and Tiger's. You would think, in theory, from a genetic standpoint, it would be pretty similar, right? Yeah, I've seen the videos. It looks very similar. It, it looks very similar to Tiger's swing of old, which is what we all want. Right. Uh, so that is um, going to be definitely something I'm excited to see. Little John Daly has been sort of at the epicenter of PNC and maybe it's time for Charlie Woods to sort of take over the throne. How old is little John Daly, by the way? I'm not exactly sure. Should I, should I do some, let me do some research. Yeah, do some research yeah. on that and I'll talk about the Mayakoba classic here because All right. that's the, of course, final event of the year, as I said, at Mayakoba Resorts El Chameleon Golf Club. And this is obviously a resort course tournament which means we are going to see a lot of birdies and the best putters in the field likely will rise to the top. You have Justin Thomas playing this week, Brooks Kepka, Brendan Todd, Tony Finau, Russell Henley, Abraham Anser, who was in the hunt at the Masters playing this week as well. So it should be an interesting tournament. And I guess, you know, a lot of the elites want to get one last taste of the PGA Tour before the 2020 calendar year 
is over. Dustin Johnson, the reigning Masters champion just recently, uh, actually dropped out of this tournament, probably for obvious reasons. He won the Masters, and he can kind of chill and count his money right now. So he will not be playing this week, but should be a fun tournament. And Bridget, what do we have on daily? He is 17 years old. Everybody. Is he really? Okay. July 23rd, 2003. So, all right. So, I don't know. We got an 11-year-old and a 17-year-old. That's a tough draw. Yeah, yeah. Charlie. Maybe he won't, he won't uh, dethrone him this year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that this could be our, our trajectory. Um, right. Absolutely. And plenty of years ahead for Charlie to get even better at golf. So, yeah. If there's one thing I do know about little John Daly is he – Eat, sleeps, and golfs. He literally lives to golf. So you may want to watch out for John Patrick Daly II uh, in the future. All right. There you have it. So this week, in terms of the future, Bridget and I will try to predict said future by making our picks for the Mayakoba Classic. Any thoughts about this tournament at all? It kind of is in typically a lull in the year. Probably doesn't get as much press as it should, but it really is a nice resort. It's a very nice resort. Uh, I am sort of going to piggyback on something I heard Justin Thomas say. <laughs> of course. The JT pod literally, today. Literally the Justin Thomas show. He was talking about how he doesn't play much golf in December. Just hmm. he's never really optimized or utilized this time to work on his game. But now that he's getting older and he's sort of a little more responsible, let's say, um, he mentioned that he never really took December as a time to amp up his game. It was sort of like that relaxation time, which doesn't always work in your favor, especially as you get older. I think, I think he's doing a really great job at this. So I'm in that camp. I never really tune in to this tournament, but now that this is such a, a strange year, I'm going to watch. And yes, I know Mayakoba is a beautiful locate resort location golf course. So I'm excited to see it on TV. I think it's great for the people who are in those colder environments. Actually, I have to say it's 45 degrees right now. I'm in Orlando, Florida, Ooh. so I'm in a colder environment to see Mexico on TV. It's nice. It's a nice little reprieve, so I'm excited. So picking this week is sort of hard because there's been a bit of a layoff since the Masters and what have you. So I'm going with a guy who I still think is riding really good momentum and has an elite approach game, is really solid off the tee, good putter as well. I think he's going to win at some point. If it's not this week, it will be in January. Russell Henley is my selection to win the Mayakoba Classic this week. Of course, we're not going to count the money totals, by the way, folks, for the match three to Bridget and Mai's uh, tally here. But uh, let's just say I won and she didn't. But anyway, I'm going Russell Henley this week. Is that what we're just saying? We're, let's just say, let's that, just say I, it. <laughs> that I won and she lost. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going with Abraham answer. I think that he knows Mexico well, obviously. And I know that he's never won on the tour before, and it's hard to go with a guy who's never won before. But if he's going to win, why not win it at home? I think he has a really good opportunity on this course. I think he has a lot of confidence here. and. I mean, he, he's not a star, but he's like that star quality. And I think this is the week that he might just pop off. 
Played well at the Masters. Good ball striker. We'll see what happens this week at the Mayakoba Classic. I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. For Bridget Whalen, my name is Cam Rogers. Enjoy your first week of December. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.